Well, good evening and afternoon, everyone. This is another episode of the Chatterbox Video Game Radio Show. My name's Alon. And my name's Ara. So uh, we do this show every week. You uh, can go to our website. You can go to our website. It's chatterboxgameshow.com. Um, you can email us there. You can find our Twitter accounts there. Uh, you can find our phone number there. What's our phone number, Ara? We have a special phone number, and that's 480-4GAME21, or if you can't read, 442-6321. So 480-4GAME21, leave a message for us. We might put it on the show. We might just uh, talk about it on the show. Either way, it's a good way for you to get a message to us. Email's good, too. Um, we've got an email to talk about later in the show. We've got so much to cover, right? Uh, R and I went to Dave and Buster's this weekend. We're going to talk about that. Uh, talk about cheating in games. R has been dying to talk about Grand Theft, o- not Grand Theft Auto Academy. What am I saying? Grand Theft Academy. <laughs> I could have sworn you said GTA Academy. Very GT commonly, Academy. Very commonly confused acronyms. Yeah. Grand Turismo Academy. Because um, there's a well, I want to say a lot of stuff. It's we're getting down to the wire. I feel that. like there's a little bit of Grand Theft going on. Uh, okay, good. Well, we'll cover that too. And, uh, and, and there was some commentary lately about um, violence in games that we might touch on as well. Um, a lot of topics, a lot of stuff to talk about. So, so where do you want to start? You want to just do the GT Academy, get it out of your system? Yeah, okay, I think that's fair. All right, let's do that. All right, so for the past couple of weeks, I've been giving you guys an update about what's been happening on GT Academy. There's four days left in the competition, okay? This has been somewhat of an experiment for me because... I've never actually tried to improve my own performance at like a racing game or real racing, but since obviously I don't have enough money to do it in real racing, I'm restricted to just doing it in the game. And like really, really practice and try and I wanted to see, hey, can I actually get better on a consistent basis or is my racing skill like anybody else's racing skill i don't and i don't mean that to say that uh i'm special or anything but is is a person's racing skill something that can be improved with practice at least in in the two-week time span or is it pretty much futile and in the past years i've decided it's not worth my time but then this year i was like you know what i'm going to practice every day and i'm going to see how far i can get let's let's remind let's remind the listeners why it's worth it, right? Because this, this GT Academy, it's not just Gran Turismo 5. Uh, not everybody will, will know about it. There's something special. Like, you don't even need to have Gran Turismo, right? You can just download it to your PlayStation 3 and, and do this, right? Right. It's a totally free thing. So you don't have to have the game. Yeah. And and then, but that's not what makes it special. It's the fact that people who do extremely well, like the top 15 or 16 or some very, very small number, actually get to go try to be a race driver. Or, the, or they go into a competition and then one of them becomes a race car driver. Or yeah, something. one of them. And it's and it's this is a great year to try because it's um, global now. So you know, instead of just America, it's the entire world you're competing against. Um, so that's great. So big prize. Really, but it's a really big prize. <laughs> but it's really hard too. So the, the I mean the best time that I've been able to muster so far is like a, a one. 132.8 flat, which is um, 1.7 seconds off of the best time in the world. So we're looking at about 2%. Do you know how slower. long 1.7 seconds is? It's very slow. It's or this very long. little, I should say. Okay, that's 1.7 seconds. Yeah. So um, that's. I'm actually surprised that I was able to get so close. But what's more surprising is that... Uh, Right now, being only 1.7 seconds off pace, I'm number 430 just in the United States. I, honestly, that number seems small to me. Right? It's, Based on my experience in every other leaderboard, yeah. right? Well, it's good. It's really, really good. Oh, it's fantastic. Right? But it's, it's just not good enough for shit right <laughs> but, now. But, <laughs> or so ever, like, really. Normally on a leaderboard, you see... I mean, it, in a game with time trial, it's different when you can break it down to the ten thousandths of a second or yeah. you know, just a thousandth. I don't know. Uh, but in other games, it's like the leaderboards, you just are stacked with tens of thousands of people who all do either the best or right next to the best you can do. Right. Um, and to have 1.7 seconds, that's like a 2% spread from the 131 something that is the best there is. Yeah. It's, about it's, 91 it's, seconds. It's just around 131, yeah. I think. So you're looking at like about 2% separating... 
400 some people yeah i would have expected that to be a thousand or ten thousand people because there's there's well over a hundred thousand competing in this right so here's, here's the interesting thing okay they actually just hit over a million registered players throughout the world but this 430 number i just gave you this isn't the world this is just america united states Okay, so I guess... Okay, so in the world, I'm like in the 2000s, okay? So 2,000 out of a million, I mean, that's like 0.2, that's like the top 0.2%, isn't it? Um, yes. So, so that's, that's, that's kind of a large... That's thing. really good. Yeah. But not good enough. No cigar so far. No. So the other thing that I wanted to experiment with, right, was that... Because I'm, I'm really big on learning in games, right? And racing is something that has always fascinated me. So I, I wanted to see, look, if I make myself practice beyond even when I want to practice, right? Practice every day. I'm doing like 20 to 40 laps every day on between one or two sessions, no matter what. Like, no matter how upset I am, no matter how in or out of the zone I am, I make myself do at least that much. I'm sure the people ahead of me are doing more, Right? So I wanted to see, look, can I, am I really going to, am I going to come up to a roadblock and just be spinning my wheels, perhaps more than figuratively, or am I actually going to be capable of continuing to learn new things? And so something really interesting happened so far. Now, there's still four days left, right? So I'm probably going to give you a final report next week. But up until now, so my best time, right, I hit that like four days ago. Okay, here's the really interesting thing is that I will, my times are getting more consistent, right? But I'm not beating my best time. These past four days of practice have been really frustrating because I can't figure out yet how to do it better, you know? I mean, I know there's places, the other thing is, I know there's places where I can improve, right? So I know that it's, it is possible using the techniques that I'm using now to actually improve my time. I know I can do it. I just haven't strung together that flawless or, or more flawless lap. Do they have, yeah. um, like, I know they have videos of the top players that you can watch yeah. uh, to help you improve by watching them, but can you also record your own runs and watch them, at least in ghost format? Yes. So, well, the nice thing is is that it always does your best lap. It always plays that ghost if you want to see it on the track. So you can chase that if you want. But you can save a previous best lap and load that ghost in too. It, it would be so really you interesting. Even, you can even chase, you know, like I've been watching the top time. I, I actually watched the top time for like half an hour last night. Just looking at every, like, where is this guy breaking? Where is this guy accelerating? When is he changing gears? Like exactly when, you know? Like, let me watch, like, I'll just watch, like, four laps. Like, I'm just going to look at exactly when he breaks. I'm not going to look at anything else, right? I did that. Like, I studied that, like, Harvard, okay? And, um, well, you were, you were going to say something. I was going to say, it would be really interesting to see a, a split-screen video of, so, like, you, you run a lap that you think is really good. Let's right. say you get 133, and you have your best lap, that's which is worse, worse than my best lap. Uh, yeah, right. So, so you take your best lap and compare it to a very recent but very good lap, right. and sort of watch them side by side, like on the same video screen. Yeah. Um, I, I will say that's not helpful to me at all. I feel like that would be because you can not see well, at all. Because where I, did I mess it up? Well, here's the thing. Though, or do you already know where I'm, you messed it up? I'm so familiar with the track now that I know exactly. Like, I don't even use the ghost anymore because I know it's like I know right away. I'm like, all right, I fucked up this turn. I know on the approach that I'm going to fuck up the turn if I do something a little bit off from something else. Right. So I know exactly where I'm making my mistakes. I know when I'm going fast and when I'm going slow. I have a very, very high sensitivity to this, which I don't know if it's better or worse than other people who do that. Right. But it's it's pretty obvious, you know. So So let me ask you a question. Would you prefer... That this contest, th- this particular um, lap, yeah. be longer or shorter? Because I can imagine. You know what? I am totally fine. This is this doesn't happen a lot, okay? But I think this is a just fair and great contest in all aspects. Like I love the track. I love the lap. I think it's a it's a great 
lap to evaluate people's skills on. It's intrinsically fun for me to drive. I'm just thinking to myself, how irritating would it be if it were, on average, like a four and a half minute round? Because then you know you screwed up that turn. Yeah. But that would there's be an advantage worse. to to yeah. yeah to to rather than resetting it right yeah. because like your tires heat up. You were talking to me about and yeah. so you want basically you just go through and you just do another lap and another lap and it never ends and it just records your best one. So if it were longer, it would just be even more tedious because you'd know in the first ten seconds if you screwed something up. Right. At uh, least in those first 10 I seconds. Think a, I think a minute 30 is a really good time interval for this sort of thing, actually. I think that's a good lap time to repeat the things. Because, yeah, you know, I'll screw up in the beginning sometimes. And I'll be like, okay, this lap is screwed. But I'll still drive through it because I have no choice, one. But two, it's you can still use the opportunity to practice anyway, right? And But it's it's – I mean, there's not a huge amount of turns, you know. And so you can – it's good. It's all good. But here's something really interesting that happened, right? So far, I feel like I'm still learning things, but I'm not putting down faster times. Not faster than my fastest. It was like a fluke almost, that fast lap I put down. And my times are getting more consistent. And I'm getting more second place times to my best times than I ever have before. And they're kind of inching closer, right? But I'm not beating my best time yet. Yeah. And you need to beat it by a lot. I mean, you need to not just... Yeah. Like well, I the, remember... cra- the crazy thing is when I set my, f- my current fastest lap, it was half a second faster than my previous best, which is like an eternity in this context. Yeah, but you okay. have 1.7 to... Yeah, but it's like I still... It's like that was a fluke, and now I have to actually relearn, actually get to the point where I can do that lap consistently in order to actually beat it. Well, if it makes you feel better, the people beating you probably also fluke anyway we'll be right back chatterboxers how much do you love amazon.com since you're like me the answer is a lot and since you love chatterbox almost as much Here's what I want you to do. Next time you get a new game, a pair of socks, downloadable MP3, anything really, go to helpchatterbox.com. It takes you to Amazon, but when you buy something, we get a piece of the action. That's good for us, and Amazon feels good because you didn't buy it from GameStop. Helpchatterbox.com. Remember it. Bookmark it. Tattoo it backwards on your forehead. And yes, all I'm asking you to do is buy stuff you are already going to buy. Just do it at helpchatterbox.com. And we are back. You're listening to Chatterbox, video game radio, also known as, for some time now, the GT Academy show. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and not sponsored by Sony or GT Academy, but sponsored by the University of Advancing Technology, whose website is uat.edu. So, as always, I encourage you to check that out. Um, you've got one more thing you wanted to cover on GT before right. we move so over, right? I just want to say something really quickly. Um, the national ranking, well, not national anymore, global rankings, okay? Out of nowhere, in the past couple of weeks, Australia has now the most uh, average number of gold medals, uh, which is a 24.3 out of a maximum of 40. So Australia, and, they're, and they have, they've blown away all the other countries. South Africa's in second place with an average of 20.3, which is a, a small huge sample? gap. Well, Australia's got about 20,000, it looks like, 20,000 total golds collected. That's large enough that they don't all know each other. So yeah. that, that is true. In South Africa, there's only about a tenth of that. So South Africa sample is pretty small. But, um, yeah, Australians are really, really serious. I think, uh, I think if there's a country that's going to win it, if this was a competition, I think they're going to win Do it. Do they have anybody in the top 10 or top 15 or whatever it is? Um, that is a good question. That is not information that I have Okay. at uh, Random Access. Well, I but, expect uh, you to check in next week on yes, the GT Academy yes. show. You guys will be updated next week for sure. Okay, so let's move on. All right, so there's some other stuff to talk about. Like we mentioned earlier, Dave and Buster's, um, we want to talk about them because they were nice enough to invite us out 
on uh, on a little like what I kept referring to as the wine and dine trip. Of, yes, this was this was a fantastic gesture by Dave and Buster's. Yeah, I mean, it, obviously, it was a marketing ploy to get us to talk about them, and, and you it know, worked. It succeeded. <laughs> so, but um, but thankfully, they actually had a game there that was totally worth talking about. Yeah. So so first, let me cover the stuff that they, the points that they're trying to make, and they want us to talk about, right? And they didn't specifically say we had to or anything. Yeah, you I'm, you I'm feel to, obligated to do that? Well, I mean, it's it's interesting to a degree to me, just the the marketing and, and the business side of it, but. I'm trying not to pander too much to the to the marketing. Okay, just but a little bit. The way it is, like they had some news release, whatever. They they released, not released. They um they purchased ten new games, and this like all the Dave and Buster's I guess have like basically identical arcades, and so they brought in ten new games, like their summer of gaming or something like that. Right. And um, which which I, I found interesting that they are they're boasting that this is like. This is the most amount of new games that we've ever gotten since some other time long, long, long time ago. Yeah, Which, you think about other arcades, and it's like they might get five new games in one weekend. That's whatever. Well, in the past, <laughs> yeah. right? But Dave & Buster's is like virtually the only arcade around. So That's true. Also, some of their games are physically enormous. <laughs> so like that Connect 4 game, it's ridiculous. Yeah, you know what? That actually, I was really surprised by that, and not in a positive way, because I don't... I mean, this was literally a giant. Was it even video? It was just a bunch of like LEDs, wasn't it? Basically, yeah. Yeah, it was a giant a, Connect Four it's game. A giant Connect Four game, but it's literally. I mean, it's not like real time Connect Four. It's not like Connect Four video game with some video game action. No, it's like it's literally just Connect Four in a very large fashion. Yeah, I feel like when I'm over there, like I'm on the Price Is Right set. Yeah, that's exactly what it's like. Right? But not that they have Connect Four on the Price Is Right, but you get my yeah. my drift. I'm wondering. I mean, I'm wondering how popular that was because clearly, I mean, to gamers like us, it's it's. I mean, come on. Yeah. Well, and and I pointed this out actually. I wrote an email back to the marketing person. I'm not going to get into uh, yet, but um, I pointed out like clearly a lot of their games are redemption games. Uh, of their ten games, I think like nine of the new ones are redemption games. So they're not really aimed at us. Redemption's usually aimed at kids getting their their tickets and whatever, um, and that's fine, right? I have other criticisms that I might. I might lodge later, but... Um, right. They probably they, make a lot more of their money off Yeah. Th- anyway. Anybody who's run an arcade, I, I don't know if our listeners know this, but, like, redemption is where the money is for the arcade operators. That's well-known fact. Um, kids have birthday parties. Kids are the ones that the money is spent on. Right. Fighting games don't make a dime compared to, you know, your average whack-a-mole or something. Um but but anyway, I want to talk about the very positive experience we had there. Aside right. from giving us a lunch that I ate way too much of and like couldn't move for the next couple of hours, um, they they also this summer of our of arcade or summer of games or whatever. That, like it sounds very much like Xbox Live to me. <laughs> um, there's three games that they're pushing, and so like if you buy a card with some credits on it, or if you up a card that you already have or something, they'll give you a couple free games on on each of three games that they're trying to promote. And I don't, I don't know if it changes every month or if it's just three games that they're especially promoting. And one right. of them was the, the four-way air hockey, which was awkward but interesting. Oh, yes. You know, I really thought I have to say that um, fascinating concept, but the table, I mean, if you're going to have four players, the table's got to be at least the size of two tables. It did seem a little bit small. It was a small. It was a small square. I mean, it's not like the size of your dinner table, but it was smaller than it should be. I thought, and yeah. so you really didn't have very much time to react to much of anything. Yeah. It, what was weird to me is, oftentimes when someone got a, you know, the puck in, that the same person who let it in uh, got two in a row, which <laughs> is weird. Just the fact that two would go to the same place very quickly. But. Yeah, I was actually also surprised when I asked them, wait. Do we have four pucks in play at the same time? And they were like, yes, of course. Yeah, and in one air hockey way? game with two people, you only have one puck. So Yeah, so, I mean, yeah. if I was designing that game, I would have designed something differently. But Two, uh, two pucks would be reasonable. You know, you know, you know what? Wild. I bet they decided that if they actually made the game physically larger, that it wouldn't be cost-effective enough to sell. Perhaps, yeah. I, think I mean, so. that's reasonable. But anyway, so it was mildly entertaining, but yeah, there's flaws. Um there was another game they showed us, which was a racing game, very much, to me at least, like uh, Hydro Thunder, but with cars. Yeah. Um, didn't do it for me. It was too simplistic in terms of its gameplay. It was very flashy and visibly incredible, I guess. But it was uh, 
It's very limited in gameplay. Yeah, I, I don't even recall the name, but um, well, it was funny because you were like telling the people who were like showing us around, like, "Oh, here's the racing guy," and I'm like, eh, "Not so interested." Yeah, not in this game. Like, it didn't have a break. It didn't have a break, so you're just constantly on the gas. Oh yeah, that was the other thing about it. Yeah. Like, All you get are these turbo power ups every once in a while to shoot people with. Yeah, well, I mean, like this is funny because this is. Yeah, I mean, like I'm, I'm actually. I just finished an article about this that I'll talk about on another show. Um, that's going to go on Gamma Sutra soon, but uh, there was. Uh, I think this is this is like part of this trend where just games are becoming more and more simplistic, just to capture people who. Or don't find games accessible for some reason or another. Yeah. And they have to capture more and more people because they want to make more and more money. So they got to do things like, oh, you know, let's get rid of the brake pedal. I mean, you save money, right? <laughs> less confused people because less things to operate. Although they did spend a lot of money on that uh, skull-shaped lever. So maybe that's yeah. where they got all There's that. a little crank that you can pull <laughs> um, and you're urged to do so several times during the game. Um, it was also something else I was going to say about it. Oh yeah, there's. They still have a hook to get you to keep playing, um, which is which is interesting. Not a lot of games do this. It's it's uh, kind of like I want to say it's kind of like a gambling machine, like something to just keep you at the machine. Is that when you're done, you there's like this this rotating random chance power up thing, and it might even be a free game, but usually it's not. It's like a turbo boost or something. And uh, if you continue, you get that power up in addition to whatever other power ups you might get oh, when you play next. And uh, it's funny because they're taking elements from gambling machines and other. Yeah, but you know what? Other like, psychological you know, pinball triggers. machines for a long time have done that with the free play, yeah. but they don't like give you something to enhance the game if you can. The, if you have right. to pay to continue, you're right. That's true. Right. So there, there's seems to be a lot of focus on really maximizing the profit of these machines. Yes, uh, which which I find interesting, but is probably not so transparent to to most people. So. Anyway, the third game of the ones that they were specifically trying to promote, uh, not these other seven, um, was one we, we genuinely enjoy. Now, I've seen this before. I had never seen and it. I, and I could have sworn, actually, I've mentioned it on a show long, long ago, because this was at a, a, a Japan arcade show a while ago, several years ago. Maybe you talked about it, and I just, you know, I couldn't picture it. Yeah. Well, it's, just, it's different from seeing it and actually playing yeah. it, isn't it? It's another physically large machine. It's called Speed of Light. And I don't want to say it's like Dance's Revolution, but it certainly it involves rhythm and like pressing stuff. <laughs> so uh, it's it's again not a video game. Uh, yeah, it's literally exactly. just a matrix of lights. How many? There's like I think there were like seven tall and three, four, five, like twelve nine, wide nine across. Because there were three in the middle and then three on both sides. Also, yep. there's nine rows. No, but when you play two-player, you have an even set. Do you? Yeah. So, I, I think it was So, 12. wait, there's... Each person gets three columns of, like, three double set of columns. and I think there were 12. Okay. You, I'll, I, I I'll, could be wrong. I believe you. And, I, and I'm guessing seven tall. So, something on the order of 84 buttons. There's more than you can see when you're standing on the platform. Yeah, that's, that's that's key. That's the key to it, right? So so picture this wall of buttons, all spaced, let's say eight inches or a foot apart, right? And they light up, and when you hit it, the light goes out. And there's usually, multi- I mean, there's several turned turned on, and as you knock them out, more appear elsewhere in this matrix, right? So the idea is you need to. It's like whack a mole, basically, except it's whack a mole extreme two thousand points, exactly, and with some combo points. So yeah. like, and you're actually you don't know, you don't have a mallet; you're using your hands. Yeah, you're just using your hands, which we'll say in a few things in a minute. Yeah. So, um, you know, it tells you when to go. You start, and you have some certain amount of time to do it, and they. As you knock them out, more come on. And you're, so you're just constantly like turning your head left and right, sweeping for where these lights are. But also you have to hit them in like a, a timed sequence where you get like one point when you hit the first one. And then if you don't wait long, then you get two points for the next one and then three, four and five. And you continue to get five points for each when you hit unless you wait and like basically screw it up. Or if you hit when you're not supposed to hit, right. that's turned off. So the best points you get if you maintain your speed. And we figured out after a few plays that... The sound that you hear when you hit one of them changes in pitch according to how many points it's worth. So you can tell when you've waited too long because it's like bloop, 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 right? Yeah. And then it goes bloop, 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 
doop, and then you know you're getting max points. You know when it goes down again that you screwed up. Yeah, we're gonna talk more about this after the break. We'll be right back. So I'm not going to skip a beat here. We're talking about Speed of Light. And uh, we, I, I establish a rhythm with this game. And uh, it shows you... For, for a while there, we were paying a credit each in order to play this game. Yeah. And all it does is it splits up the board where each person gets one half of it. And so you get like your, your own set. But it's the same board, and you can only get half the score, essentially. Uh, so what it does is it actually it's a redemption game by the way which is weird oh you're right it is a redemption game yeah it's a redemption game which is strange because kids don't do well at it because they're not quick enough they're not tall enough yeah tall it's a big enough game. right we saw a little girl like reaching up and going I was like oh little one you didn't even get 100 points I guess it was just like e- it was easy to adapt into a redemption game because like I mean what are you going to do like just play for a score like us yeah not everybody's as lame as us so we definitely got to the point where we were playing for score because once I realized, oh my god, you could just do this one player and get the whole grid to yourself, rock on, right? So like my first time, I got five hundred some points, and then R was like, all right, I'm in on this, right? And he plays, and and like I, at one point, I got a score I was really proud of, something like six twenty seven, yeah. I think. And then I beat you by one point. Yeah, and then you played. You're like, all right, I can do this, and I was like, ah, he thinks he can beat me. I did, I did great. <laughs> and then he goes, and I'm watching his score just climb and climb and climb, and when he's about to break six hundred. He like he hits the wrong button and he yeah, goes down a point. You get penalized, yeah, for get, hitting the wrong one. Not only do you lose your combo, you also lose a point. And so he goes down a point, it goes right back up, and he ends up with one point greater than my incredible what I believe was six twenty seven. And then you played and you got like seven twenty two or something insane. Well, not to split hairs, it was twenty seven twenty seven. Seven twenty seven. I had a feeling like you'd remember that. Yeah, no, I'm definitely that's that's stuck in the memory banks because it sounds like I don't an airplane. like losing. Yeah, but but you reminded me not so subtly that uh, it's not over. The game That's is right. on. You still have credits. That's right. And can go back and what play did, that game. What did you say? Tell tell everybody what you said. Uh, to to preface that response, or no, you said um, in my email response telling you that you didn't actually win and you only had the high score for now. Oh, just something like ooh yeah, I forgot it's still on or no 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 you said do you want me to pull it up i I don't no no i remember now it's you said i forgot it's never over (laughs) yeah that's right it's never over so there's an ongoing challenge on speed of light and i uh i actually i guess i would challenge our listeners right go to dave and busters or anywhere else you could find this game but probably only gonna find it dave and busters it's it's never gonna be over just like israeli palestinian conflict yeah uh go play the, the the high score that we saw, like it was on the machine, it shows the high score was 855, which seems incredibly high to me. But uh, we thought perhaps it was with people cheating. Yeah. But I realized I don't think it is. I think the game is smarter than that because we saw two girls playing at once and they might have just been really bad at hitting buttons they weren't supposed to hit. Yeah. But I'm, I'm guessing the game knows that you're hitting things like too fast in succession. I don't know how intelligent it gets. You know what? It may have a minimum time based on the distance. Well... You could always do two hands and hit one like almost at exactly yeah. the same time. But what did you see though? You didn't tell me this before. So why? Do, what, what makes you believe that uh, it can tell just, when you're trying to cheat? Because I saw two girls playing simultaneously on one credit, right? Okay. So basically doubling the number of arms they had as a player, right? Um, and their score was incredibly low. Like they weren't getting any combos at yeah, all. Yeah, but they could have just was, been bad. That's what I'm saying. They could have been bad. Yeah, but it was. It was stacking up one point at a time. I never saw it go go more than one point at a time. Until I see otherwise, I'm going to chalk that up to them just being bad. Yeah. It, there, there is, there's certainly ways I think they could utilize to detect, um, you know, exploiting the system. 
But there's actually there was something else that I was thinking about because I had to I had to somehow reconcile in my mind how it was possible for you to beat me. <laughs> I had a rhythm, man. So what I decided was that um, I don't know if the distribution of new lights that turn on is random or not. I and it may or may not be random. Now, if it is random, right? What that means is that. You could – the difficulty of any given run is also random. And so you could just have an easy run or a hard run. Absolutely. And that's what I think happened. Yeah. That I just had one that, that you know, worked well. Uh, at the same time, I was improving because I was making uh, a very concerted effort to scan the board visually. Like we said, it, 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 well, it goes it beyond been, your field of vision, it right? It could have been a combination of both. Yeah. And, and, and that's probably what it was, right? But it, it goes beyond your field of vision – uh, the the entire layout of the buttons. So as I was, I would like take a quick note of a couple buttons that were on the right side, right, and I would go for those with both hands, um, or maybe with just one hand hitting them quickly. So I'd go for those, but while I was going over to hit them, I'd be turning to my left to look at the field over there to scan while I'm hitting a button on the right, scanning on the left to find it and to to basically prepare myself for the next button. Because every right. time you lose your combo, you go back down to one. Yeah, you you're losing major points, points right? Yeah, yeah. Um, four, three, two, one points, right? So you're losing uh, 10 points for each combo yeah. that you... And, and I know that even up. at that time, you did it like about three times, I think, give or take. I would have expected more than that, but... Yeah. Give or take. But yeah, so I was making concerted effort to just to play a smarter game. You had a really good, really long combo going. Yeah, that's that, a, and that's the one that I think was, was luck. Like it had to... I just had to be lucky that they were hitting the board easily. Well, you can give yourself more credit. But, you know. but yeah, I do... I do think I'm a very good player, yeah. but but, uh, but I'm sure there are better out there. So let us know if you've played that game. Uh, better yet, let us know if our talking about it encouraged you to play that game, because I'm sure their marketing person would be very happy to hear that. Um, but and, let us know if you play it and beat us. More importantly, we want to know your scores. Yes, exactly. 727 is the reigning chatterbox score. And don't say 999, because we won't believe you. Not one bit. Right? I'm curious what the maximum is. Digit. <laughs> um Anyway, we, we got to say something about our hands, dude. Oh yeah, so let, I tweeted about this. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Look, let me let me just say my thing real quick. Okay, because this was like a huge surprise to me. Right. We we went on Saturday to this thing. Now Sunday, feeling fine. Right. I'm feeling fine, and I decide to go run up and down a mountain because there's a mountain next to my house. Okay, and I do this Monday for some mystical, mysterious reason. Right, I don't even know what this body part is called, right? But it's it's the it's the outside pad of your palm that's like right under your thumb, right? This big pad that you yeah, have, the big muscle that controls the base of your thumb. Yeah, this was like super duper sore, and I was like, I must have done that while running up and down this mountain somehow, right? Like I didn't even actually think about it more than twice because I was like, yeah, that was probably it. And then you came over right before we're starting starting to record, and you're telling me about your injuries and then it hits me wait a minute i wasn't doing anything with my hands on sunday but i was on saturday yeah so so i actually tweeted a picture of this if you're curious um you can see that uh so i i wear a wedding ring because i am wed and uh it, it sits at the base of my finger and it totally caused this giant blood blister in between my fingers, like right at the web of my middle to uh, to ring finger. I didn't even notice it for hours, right? I was in the shower later that day. Yeah. And uh, like hours after playing the game, I was like, whoa, what is that thing? But you don't have the palm soreness. <laughs> I, I do. Not not to the extent that I was so aware of it. Yeah. But um, when I'm, I'm pressing on them now, even now, I can still feel them. Yeah. I mean, I can that. totally feel it too. And I'm like, I don't know. This is kind of scary. Like, I mean, can I've always wondered, okay... Why why can't you develop your finger muscles like your biceps? Uh, like your biceps, I don't know, but there's certainly uh, – rock you know, climbers have very, very strong fingers. Right, but they, their fingers aren't like bulging with muscles. That's correct, Okay, yeah. And so I've always wondered why this was true. And now I'm starting to wonder because, you know, I mean, I mean as, as you know, I don't know if our listeners know, but I work out very frequently, right? So I'm used to muscles being really sore. And this is the first time in my life where this hand muscle has been this sore. And 
I don't know if I'd want to, but geez, I mean, could this be a way to get just like a gigantic thumb muscle? I don't know, yeah, that I would want that. <laughs> but it's a, it's possible. This could, I mean, you so, know, you could make, you know, you could tour the country doing that. So actually, if you if you play this game in an attempt to beat our score, also report back on the health of your hand two days after you play, because that's when the pain really hits, right? <laughs> that's another curiosity. So uh, now that we've talked about that, do you want to move on to something else, or do you want me to talk about my other observation at Dave and Buster's? Yeah, let's talk about that too, actually, because I think that's interesting. Okay, so so I wrote a long email to the marketing person who set this up for us to thank her, um, as well as the the general manager of the place. They were all very nice to us. Um, and that's cool, right? Anybody else who wants to offer us free stuff and free outings, by all means do it, and it will most likely result in us talking about your stuff, right? That is virtually free ad time for you. So success to, uh, to Dave and Buster's deciding to go after podcasters. Um, however, I noticed something that upset me while I was there, and, and this is not the fault of the marketer or the general manager, but um, I wrote this big like manifesto-style email, which is not my thing usually, but I guess I was just in a mood yesterday, and uh, I was thinking about the other games I saw there because I realized these 10 new games that they, they're trying to promote, um, I believe nine of them were Redemption uh, if not nine, most of them were redemption games. Most, um, I would say most of them. Yeah. Well, I guess the, the four-player, the, the racing one we did and the four-player um, air hockey were not redemption. So, oh, I think so air potentially eight. redemption. No, because we, we didn't get anything. It was in the redemption area, though. It was in the redemption area, but it's, I'm oh, yeah, fairly certain not. there's no okay, tickets. Fair enough. Maybe not. So, so let's say eight or close to eight are redemption games. A great majority. Yeah. But I also saw not one of these ten new ones, but I saw a game that was just a digital slot machine which I've seen before in gambling institutions, right? Casinos, not in a kid's arcade. And I realized we had the coin pushers when we were kids. Right. So it's, it, it's not a totally new thing, but a lot of these games... What, wait, you're telling me that that doesn't take skill? That's not a skill game? Uh-huh. Is that what you're There's trying a, to say here? Some do, actually, but most no. Um, most of the ones that, that we saw, most of these redemption games that are, are newer, right? The newer era of redemption games are so fast to take your money and require new money that I basically am aligning them with gambling machines for adults. One of them, for instance, like you you put in your credit and you press a button when you want to press the button. And at that point, a bouncy ball drops right. from the sky. And but, you were, you know, weren't you trying to, to convince me that there was some element of skill? Because I'm like, clearly, there is no skill involved. No, there in is some that. element of skill in that game. Um, there is because the timing of when you drop it. The problem is that the timing is like is uh, so small compared to a human ability, right? right? No, but no it's, human it's could so, actually do it. It's so chaotic too because there's that thing spinning on the ground and you're depending on the ball to hit the thing that's spinning. Yeah, so, well, you're fighting angle. gravity as well as that spin. Anyway, um, I've, I've got to wait till after break. Hopefully, it'll be a short discussion, but but I will talk more about this. We'll be right back. Are you going to find a Master of Science program in technology that creates thinkers who understand how business works and how to apply the technology? Where else are you going to discover a graduate degree in technology that is customized to meet your objectives? Where else in the Valley, on campus or online, can you study at the only private university that gives you the opportunity to focus in specialized areas like network security, artificial life programming, and game studies, as well as technology management? Where else? Where else but the University of Advancing Technology? UAT's graduate technology program is accelerated. It combines business with technology. It offers the flexibility to adapt quickly to changes that come in high-tech fields. Feed your brain. Lead. Manage. You won't find this innovative environment anywhere else. UAT, the select private university where you'll be fully immersed in technology. The experience is unrivaled. Click UAT.edu. That's UAT.edu. And we are back. You're listening to Chatterbox Video Game Radio, and you're currently listening to Alon's Redemption Lament. Yes. Uh, but before. 
I return to that. I'm going to remind you about UAT.edu, the website for the University of Advancing Technology. So go there, learn about the programs that they have for studying game design, right? And don't make redemption games. Um, so what I was going to say, or what I was trying to say about these redemption games, is that uh, over time there's been this trend where they're essentially devolving into virtually gameplayless experiences that are also being reduced in time, right? It's the it's the old like maximize profit. They put in a quarter, which in this case is not a quarter. But anymore. don't you think that they have they're doing this because of the metrics that they're observing, and they're doing it because it's only a proving to be advantageous to do so well for for the venue sh- sure yeah. yeah it's like it, it makes, makes sense to have them put in a credit more often right. right you get more credits per day put into the machine and so you give them a higher potential reward you know potentially a thousand tickets or a thousand points of tickets uh output by this machine if you hit the jackpot right and it's not impossible to hit the jackpot like the the guy who was showing us around the service tech yeah. like he did it just to show it to us and he hit the jackpot like in his first try. And he was trying to. It wasn't totally right. random. But like... Well, you know that conversation we had about the crane games at some point. I'm convinced that, that it's not only restricted to crane games. Maybe I should tell everybody difficult? else too. No, where, where the, crane, the crane game is normally rigged so that it, the claws only actually have the proper force on them to grip something like one out of every like X times. Okay. Right. So yeah. I'm I'm convinced that this phenomenon may not be restricted to just crane games. That maybe some of these other games, like the spinning wheel, and you got to hit the you got to hit the the button when something stops on on the one you want. Right. Yeah. I'm convinced that it's very likely that those kinds of games also change the difficulty or the odds of hitting the big one every you know. X number of tries. Uh, it's certainly possible. I have no data to support it or not. I'm purely but, speculating. But definitely the trend that we're seeing is that the time spent on these games that are clearly aimed towards children, at least I'm claiming the trend is reduce the amount of time they spend, but yeah. also reduce the gameplay experience. Like Whack-A-Mole, you oh, have yeah. to, it gives you a certain amount of time, let's say a minute. Right. You're actually hitting stuff. There's an element of fun and skill in whacking the moles. I, and now it's just press a button on a wheel that spins with light. Right. And it's, there, there were seriously like 10 different versions of the spinning light ticket game. Yeah, pretty and much. And it's, ju- it's just press a button. But can you, I mean, can you see any other end to this? Because what else are they going to do if they find that it actually maximizes their result? But that, that's the thing. It's upsetting, right? Yeah. And I, I even said that in my email to the woman. Like, I don't think, first of all, I don't expect my email would ever make a change, especially because I'm emailing a marketing person. Sure. But um, also like, I don't think that the balance sheet for this company would support my argument that they shouldn't do it. Right. Right. Uh, I was like, basically, all I have is a Kazi, like, save the children speech for they're you. They're only doing it to make more money. And the only outcome is that they're making more money. But, I mean, you, and I, again, I said this in the email too, you could argue that over time people will realize that they're actually doing something that's not fun and they will just stop patronizing. Some However, people will, but kids won't i I said for the most part i doubt that will happen i bet they will continue to do it and you will continue to make money and you know what that's just sad you know what's great for the industry it's always new kids appearing yeah that's certainly true yeah there's a there's a fast turnaround on children and consider this this is uh, this is what i was alluding to in the beginning of the program when i was mentioning this article that i'm writing for gamma sutra this in fact this very phenomenon that you're describing this is what's been happening in many ways to the game industry over the past decade. In other words, they're making games flashier and more accessible, but they're not making them deeper and more accessible. They're just making them more accessible by asking less and less from the player because that's the only way that an economically driven i don't even want to say that i don't think that's a strong enough word an economically hyper driven industry can operate because they are continuously they're not just seeking to make money right because these are public companies so they are not seeking to make money they're seeking to make money at ever-increasing rates and the only way to do that is to get more and more people into the industry as a participant in this economy and the only way to do that is to appeal to people 
who aren't already participating in the economy, right? And that means people who don't play games, people who don't like games. And so what do you do? You change what a game is to get them to like it and to use that product. And I think that this is what's responsible for how games are being developed over the past decade. In other words, like the poster child of this is like the Lego Star Wars and whatever games, right? Lots of output, lots of flashiness, lots of animation, looks great. The gameplay is almost non-existent because there's almost no consequence to making mistakes. It doesn't matter so much what you do. They will steer you through the game because this product is being made for the largest population possible. They want to sell it to as many people possible, and it's too hard. Here's, here's the rub, okay? They could make a game more accessible and deeper at the same time. But guess what? They don't see as obviously an economic benefit from doing that, so they're not doing that. They're just making it easier. So we're getting games that are easier and easier to play, that look better and better, and that's the only way that they're developing by and large. Yeah. And that's pretty sad. You're it, right. It's short-sighted, right? Because eventually, I don't think it's true of Dave and Buster's scenario, that eventuality will probably never happen. But at least in like the home gaming market, I think that hurts it in the long term. Well, I, because we are going to realize we don't like video games anymore and we're just going to buy fewer of them and trust them less. I, I wish I could agree that it's short-sighted because I think from an economic standpoint... It isn't. I think that the, the problem is that look, games as, as challenging and rewarding and essentially learning devices, right? This is why you play games, Alon. This is why I play games, right? I mean, tell me if I'm wrong. No, I agree. Okay. Keep going. So this is why we play games, but there's something inherent that comes along with that, right? You can't separate the fact that if that's what you like – the game has to make demands from you. And if the game makes demands from you, then you're, the game automatically is eradicating a segment of people from its potential customer because those people will not accept those demands. See where I'm going with this? Uh, so, so we're facing a really, really weird reality where, you know what? Games, like we understand and like them, they're not for everybody. Yeah. I, what I think would be valuable is to, well, at least for me, and maybe I'm making this realization as we speak, but like there's certain factors that there, there are certain characteristics of games that I enjoy. And, and I think I'm actually using the wrong terminology here, but I've always, I've always resorted to saying things are fun, right? And you hate it. You hate the word fun. Right. Um, but I don't have a better way to explain it. And now I realize there's like, you know what? There are certain things that, I personally like like and I think this is probably true of most people. I enjoy amazement, right? Showing me something I've never seen before. Sure. Something that is is interesting for the fact that you know, I'm not used to it. And I think Portal is a perfect example of that. Okay. Um there but, certainly can be many senses of amazement. Many yeah, but ways. but something that's just like wow. Um a lot of that happens with graphics, right? Sure. Wow, this looks so realistic, so I really like it even if it doesn't have gameplay. Yeah. Like that element I like or amazement in the terms of Portal, like I've never seen this before. This is like bending my brain, that sort of amazement. And right. I get to actually interact with it. Wow. And then the reason Portal's so great is because it does that amazement bit. It also has you know good control and good graphics and all that. But on top of that, it makes me feel good that I've accomplished something because it has puzzles. And that's why I like puzzle games so much, right? Because they're usually difficult, right? And then I right. feel good when I solve them. Um, and so solving things and amazement, overcoming of obstacles, that sort of thing, th those elements make me really en enjoy X game, right, that, that does those things. Right. Uh, the Lego games are for kids, right? They just like the visual stimulus or at least well, well, the funny a lot thing of about that is that they have a, like they have a conceit of a mechanic and a challenge but the thing is is that it's so poorly put together that mechanical aspect of it that it, in the context of the whole game design it doesn't really mean anything if you lose in that game oh i got hit oh whatever i'll just keep going yeah that's and what so you it's do it's certainly not for adults and if they reduce all games even games that are intended for adults to that type of mechanic or that lack of mechanic right then uh then yeah it's going to make me just not trust the next game that comes around but then and they, really but wait then they to buy sell it. more and then what do you do well i mean 
I would like to think in the long term that they won't sell more. But I, I know that. How do we know? I'd I'd love to think that too. But I'm I'm trying to frame the possibility that what we wish could be justice and truth will never actually happen because of the reality that more people are lazy compared to people who like to be challenged and overcome challenges, however such things are presented. And, and that means we will forever look towards like indie games and small shops and the hard, what other people might refer yeah. to as hardcore and, and we, games. And we, come, we have to struggle with the uh, – or we have to resolve uh, the reality that, hey, you know what? There may be a limited number of people who like to be challenged in a video game regardless of how well that's done. Yeah, or in this new genre of game that is not video, but it's still fun, like Speed of Light. Yeah, well, that's that's just it's a challenge. Yeah, you know. But I mean, you know, look at look at us playing, and then look at the other people who were playing, right? So we were the only ones there who played like repeatedly, you know. Yeah, and well, and like cared. Right, but the other people they just play because oh, look at these lights, that's cool, that's cool, and they play it once and then they go home, right? Yeah. To them, that's about the same as the spinning dial. Yeah, I did see there were a couple of people who, who when they saw us play, they were like, whoa, yeah, that's you know, that's good. I, the performance art of it was kind of nice. Yes, and well I mean that's what's so thrilling. This is that's what that's why games have captivated me for my entire life. Well, there were some topics that we did not get to this week. I'm sure we will get to them next week. Um, if you guys have any topics you want us to discuss, feel free to email us. Don't forget you can call us four eight oh four game twenty one. Just leave a message. Um, that's pretty much it for this week. You have anything else? Yeah. Um, hey, one of our listeners, Bryce, you sent us an email about Dragon's Dogma. We will do our best to cover that the next show. Thanks for that. Email. All right. See you next week, guys. listening to chatterbox video game radio tune in next week for more tips and info and the latest and greatest in video gaming and remember all your base are belong to us